This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. It's Wednesday, June 24th. I'm Oscar Ramirez from the Daily Dive podcast in Los Angeles, and this is Reopening America. We've shifted into a new phase in the coronavirus pandemic. We're social distancing, washing our hands, wearing face masks, and we are reopening the country. I'll still give you updates on any new information about the virus and vaccine development, but I'll also be focusing on how we're reopening America. White House officials are discussing a plan to launch an in-depth review of the CDC and its missteps in handling the coronavirus pandemic, including an early failure to deploy working test kits. Part of the examination would also look into the state-by-state death toll to tally those that died of coronavirus rather than other causes. Adam Kankren, healthcare reporter at Politico, joins us for why there might be more scrutiny on the CDC. Thanks for joining us, Adam. It's good to be with you. I wanted to talk about the White House's response to coronavirus. Right now, they're getting a lot of heat. Obviously, we're starting to see rising cases across the country. But one of the targets that they might be focusing on, the White House, is the Center for Disease Control and their response to all of this. As we know, early on, it was tough to get testing off the ground because of some problems with testing kits that the CDC was putting together. They were contaminated. And then beyond that, there was a couple of missteps with uh, you don't need to wear face masks. You do need to wear face masks. So right now, White House officials might be putting a target on the CDC. Adam, tell us a little bit more about that. These are discussions that are going on among White House aides in the West Wing about doing what they've called a performance evaluation of the Centers for Disease Control. And the CDC is our central public health authority. And this would serve a couple purposes. One, there's genuine belief throughout the White House and in some of the health department as well that the CDC has kind of strayed from its core mission. And this was kind of what resulted in some of the mistakes early on, that the CDC was built to really focus on five or six core capabilities, tracking and responding to infectious diseases, And over the years, it's kind of straight and its research has expanded and it's gotten a little bit distracted. And so that's why when it came time to really ramp up the response, there were slip ups early on. On the other hand, part of the motivation here is that cases are rising. The Trump administration's response has faced criticism from pretty much all comers, from 
Democrats from Joe Biden, the main Democratic rival in 2020, from within the president's own administration for being too slow on the uptake and essentially not equivalent enough to meet kind of the challenge of the pandemic. And so now what you have is some of these aides from a political standpoint looking for a place to pin the blame. They've already blamed China and the World Health Organization for the slow early response. And now the CDC has kind of come up as another agency that they can point to and say, Part of the problems with the response was based on this one agency here, this public health authority. How much traction would that get with the public, though? For the most part, I feel like the CDC is a trusted part of the government. That's one of the concerns and one of the discussion points is whether the voters, whether the public would really buy the idea that, you know, the pandemic response, all of its faults and mistakes are the result of one kind of bureaucratic, obscure, wonky agency. The problem with The pandemic is that it is a national crisis, right? And so that has necessarily intertwined not just the CDC and Health and Human Services Department, but FEMA, the White House in particular. There's really just kind of no way of separating out the roles that each of these agencies had and then assigning blame. So there's a concern that, look, China, it's easier to kind of pin blame on them because they have a history of kind of obscuring how diseases and how emergencies have gone over there. World Health Organization is kind of far away. People don't know much about it. But the CDC is naturally trusted. The CDC is known as kind of a place that's centered on science. And so there's a little bit of skepticism of will voters actually buy the idea that this was largely their fault. Now, we're still going through the uh, pandemic. Obviously, there's a long way to go. So there's room for a lot more mistakes, both on the part of the CDC or the administration itself. But I started off talking about some of those missteps that the CDC had already, specifically with those testing kits that they were making early on when coronavirus was hitting the United States. Tell us about that and any other missteps that we've seen so far. The one you mentioned was really the big one. So this was way back in February when the coronavirus had just kind of started to become a threat in the U.S. We were worried about community spread. It was a quaint time back then. And the CDC started to ramp up work on creating a diagnostic test, essentially a coronavirus test. The first batch they created actually really, really quickly in only a few weeks. But when they distributed it, a lot of those tests didn't end up working. They came back with false positives or false negatives, and they just weren't reliable. What ended up happening, and there was an internal investigation that was released last week detailing a little bit of this, is that at some point along the way, these tests got contaminated in the CDC lab. And so when the CDC shipped them out, most of them didn't work. And that delay allowed the coronavirus to spread within the U.S. undetected for weeks and really kind of hampered the early efforts to scale up our testing capacity. So that is really kind of the central thing. That's really what put CDC on the radar and will put a target on CDC early on. That said, there were some others. If you remember also back in February, Nancy Messonnier, top CDC official, was briefing reporters in late February, and she was really the first official to say, this is going to be bad. This is going to be an outbreak. Everybody should prepare for schools to close, for businesses to close, et cetera, et cetera. And that was something that the White House was not ready to come out and say yet. The president at the time was coming back from an overseas trip in India. Larry Kudlow, who's one of the top economic advisors, had that same day just gone out and said that the disease was contained. And so it was a bit of an embarrassment to a White House that had no idea that the CDC was going to go out there and essentially alarm everybody. And those kind of communication mistakes have kind of continued. There was a point at which Robert Redfield, the CDC director, 
said he was really, really worried about a second wave in the fall. He had to come back in front of the White House press corps the next day and kind of walk back those remarks a little bit. So it's one of those agencies that's viewed as stocks with career officials, people who are not political appointees and people who the White House views with a little bit of suspicion because they weren't brought on with the president's election. They're not necessarily devout followers of the quote unquote Trump agenda. How far off would we be from any changes at the CDC in Trump's proposed budget for 2021? They have a proposed 19 percent budget cut to the CDC. If they do an evaluation of the agency, how and when would we see changes? And that's really kind of the main question that hasn't been answered yet. So my understanding is these conversations are still in their early stages, but obviously they are White House level. And if you want to do something quickly, you'd likely have to do it before November, right, before there's a potential changeover in presidencies. So I would expect probably to get some kind of decision in the next several months, but it's unclear what exactly that looks like. It could be a performance evaluation. Other things under discussion are reorienting the agency so that there are more political appointees there so that the White House feels like it has a better connection and control over the CDC. Another thing that has been talked about for years now, dating back to 2018, is this idea of refocusing and narrowing the mission of the CDC. So getting it away from these kind of disparate research topics and really focusing it in again on its core capabilities of tracking and then responding to infectious diseases. And that's something that I'm told that CDC director Robert Redfield is on board with. But again, unclear exactly how that conversation goes and what the end result is. Adam Kankren, healthcare reporter at Politico. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm Oscar Ramirez, and this is Reopening America. Don't forget that for today's big news stories, you can check me out on the Daily Dive podcast every Monday through Friday. So follow us on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Because there's nothing like a weekend pause with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.